welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, and joining me is a returning guest from the movie riffing group One Wall Cinema, who can currently be found on RiffTracks.com, K1, a.k.a. Kevin. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back. Thanks for joining us. And joining us is another special guest, the artist, writer, and creator of the comic series Catbeard the Pirate, amongst many others, Matt Nelson. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining us. Definitely. Very exciting. Now, Matt, we have a lot to get to regarding your comic, Catbeard the Pirate, but uh, first, we have to talk about uh, something that you did last night, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. So, uh, I heard you went to a certain show. Do you mind talking about that? I did. I went to the uh, Rift Tracks Live of Miami Connection, and it was amazing. Nice. I'm going on uh, on Tuesday. Oh, you didn't hit the live one? No. Oh, man. Uh, you're you're it's for such a treat. It's great. Now, where are they, where are they playing on Tuesday, Kevin? Uh, we're going to the uh, AMC in Braintree. Nice. So so what what's the experience? I, I haven't been personally. Oh, okay. Well... Um, uh, it's, uh, basically they, you know, they have whatever movie they're going to do. Usually they've got a short as well. And, uh, so the guys will come out and talk about it for a minute, you know, do a little bit of before the show banter and then they just play the movie. And it's kind of like a, kind of like the old mystery science theater experience, but without the silhouettes. Instead they show their act, the actual actors, you know, uh, Bill and Kevin and Mike on the side and they riffed the film, and I mean, it's just, it's incredible. So funny. <laughs> um, this one was one of their all-time best, I'd say. They were just really on their game. Uh, the movie was just that perfect amount of barely watchable while being still really cheesy. Uh, so it was, like, you know, kind of funny on its own. And uh, so it made it just an overall great experience. I uh, brought a friend. She had never seen one of the Rift Tracks lives, and she had... She she had an amazing time, so that was really great. That's awesome. Nice. What what movie was it that they riffed on? Uh, Miami Connection, which is a really weird old nineteen eighties kung fu flick, uh, <laughs> sort of kung fu, sort of boy band, sort of eighties drug uh, war thing. It, oh my gosh, it's it's a strangely complex and yet completely ludicrous storyline. It's really fantastic. Basically, the uh, the protagonist, uh, Y.K. Kim, I think is his name. That's yep. the actor, right? Yeah, okay. Yep, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin's got me on that one. And uh, so Y.K. Kim, uh, he plays like kind of like the lead of this sort of kung fu. No, wait, it's Taekwondo. That's right, that's right. They're all black belts in Taekwondo. Taekwondo boy band who is performing <laughs> at this bar constantly, but there's like a rival gang who used to be employed by the bar, I guess. And then there's the ninjas who are also drug dealers. And I mean, my gosh, it's just such a mess. But <laughs> the it's... trailer is just bonkers. <laughs> oh gosh, it is. It so is. It's incredible. It's beautiful. It's one of the best experiences I've ever had in a theater. Just constant laughing. Um, I was exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It was good. Yeah, I've, I've had a blast at every single one of the uh, live shows I've gone to. Yeah, I uh, I think uh, I've only missed two, and uh, I I kicked myself for missing one of them because I I bought the you know the streaming version later, and I said, oh man, this was amazing. Why didn't I go? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, they're they're just all fantastic. Really, really great stuff. Can't wait for the next one. I'm super excited. That's great. Now, now they sell those uh, for download later on. Is that? 
Uh, almost always, they usually, it usually depends on if they can get the rights to distribute it. For example, they did the Rift Tracks Live of Starship Troopers and Godzilla, uh, the 1998 version, and you mm-hmm. can't buy those streaming. You can only buy audio track versions of those because the studios feel there's still money to be made from those films. <laughs> so, yeah, which is a dirty, dirty shame because the Starship Troopers one is blindingly funny. But uh, it, they're... Uh, But for, like, the B-movies, for the most part, most of the B-movies, I think, I think the only one they haven't done so far, um, and maybe Kevin can correct me on this one, uh, The Room, I think, is the only one they haven't done a streaming version of. I I thought that one did come out, finally. Really? Like a a live streaming version? Maybe. uh, I don't know. Hang on. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. I know that... I know that they they did Birdemic and they did uh, both the shark <laughs> both the Sharknados. You can get a streaming version. They even have somehow gotten the rights to do a streaming version of uh, although this isn't a live one, but a streaming version of the uh, infamous Star Wars holiday special. Oh yes, in <laughs> fact, uh, we reviewed that for uh, for this did podcast, you? and that that was oh. the only way it was palatable was uh, oh, that version. That one's that one's something else, isn't it? Wow! Oh, so great. <laughs> First time I watched that through, I just I had to actually pause it, even with the riff tracks, and just stand up and walk away and shake my head for a while. Oh, it's an, it's incredible <laughs> the decisions that went into it. I mean, just even doing research for uh, you know the podcast, no thought was put into it. You know, even no. Lucas should have known better for some of this stuff. No, I'm relatively certain that guy just signed checks and went, huh, great, and then you know walked away. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, they built like a, a 360 degree set, and then it's like, all right, well, how do we get the cameras in? Just like then they had to like build a you know like a, a a section that removes from the rest of the set. It's just it was ridiculous. My gosh! They, they fired the director like right <laughs> right at the beginning. <laughs> wow! Uh, and he's the guy that commissioned like the Boba Fett cartoon. So <laughs> well, we we have him to thank, I guess. <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah, I got um, the some of the Rift Tracks DVDs. Yes. Like, o- over the years, like, Amazon has had some of, like, the short compilations pretty cheap. But I bought their uh, their Manos Live DVD. Oh. I have yet to watch it. That one You gotta good. watch that one. You yeah. gotta watch that one. So I think they've been doing that, too. Yeah, there's a few There's a few they've released. I don't think they've done as many DVDs anymore because I think they've realized that the, there's more money to be made for because they don't do digital rights management on their files when you buy them, which we love them for that. Yeah. Um, when they because of that, I think they've realized that you can you know they they save costs by just making a burnable version available to you. It's like if you want to make a disc here, here you go. Here's the ISO file. You know. Yeah. And, and that's really great. I love that they do that. Oh, definitely. It's great because you know I just download it and just throw it on my uh, Western Digital hub, and you know I can play it right there. So. Yep, I need to make something like that. <laughs> you guys, you use Apple products though, right? Um, yeah. Or don't, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I think it's a little easier. I will, I will give you guys who do Apple that you, uh, you, you have a much easier time just streaming everything to everything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, I, we've got uh, two of the Western Digital TV hubs, and it's got like a one terabyte hard drive built in. So oh wow! I, I, I liked it so much that I bought a second one. But we also have an Apple TV, and we rarely use it. So. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my dad had an Apple TV for a while, and he eventually switched to Roku. Yep. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the uh, the Western Digital is great, you know, because it, it'll take just about any type of file. So like, you can 
throw an ISO on there, MP4, really? flash file. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Like, that's pretty much cool. whatever you chuck on there, it, it'll play it. That's cool. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's interesting. But uh, like you were saying about offering th- these B movies and stuff, I mean, there's. You might as well. These. The, uh, the companies that own the rights to these movies might as well. I mean, it's given yeah. some of these productions new life or their, their first life. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm amazed. And they're clearly starting to build uh, relationships with the companies, uh, the bigger studios, because, for example, they were able to offer Super Mario Brothers as a streaming on-demand one. And I was like, wow, that's actually, you know, that's, I mean, that's, it's not a good movie, but right. it's a well-known, oh, sure. big, you know, that's a touchstone film. I'm like, that's a big one. So, yeah. you know, and that's like, pretty cool. Like Cool as Ice, I was surprised they got that one too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was so glad they did that one. So glad. Because I'd never seen it and I'd heard how infamously bad it was. And I said to myself, I, I can't wait. <laughs> he, he, uh, he does wheelies. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and his his head is vaguely trapezoidal, so I mean, you know. yes. <laughs> so Matt, I assume you're a, a longtime mystery science theater fan as well. Oh man, since the old days, loved the show. What well, what are some of your favorites? Okay, um, I accuse my parents, my all time favorite. Love yes. that oh, yeah. one. <laughs> yes. yes, so good. Right? It's yep. so great. It uh, and the funny thing is that I think here's the the funny thing is most of the ones that I enjoy. Um, that are my all-time favorites are ones that are almost watchable on their own. Um, so, you know, uh, I could my parents is actually not that bad. It's not, I mean, it's not great. Don't right. get me wrong. Right, right. But it's actually not that bad. Um, so that one's really good. Plus the host segments on that one are just brilliant. Yeah. Um, so I accuse my parents. Love that one. Um, the original, um version of santa claus not conquers the martians i actually don't like that one yeah i think that one's kind of boring but um the original santa claus is tear inducingly funny it's actually one of my (laughs) go-to christmas specials now um the original version of santa claus uh let's see here um oh gosh uh alien from la great one Mm -hmm. uh now i will admit i did get into the show after mike uh, when it was on Sci-Fi Channel, yeah. so I had to kind of retroactively go back and see a lot of the um, uh, Joel ones. Though I do love both of them, I, I'm not one of those you know Mike or Joel guys. I love them both. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, I, I think yeah. they both well, bring something you know yeah, different. A different. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, let's see. Uh, Ego's great. Um, oh yes. <laughs> side Hackers, really good one. Um, <laughs> There's one. Oh, I, I'm drawing a blank here. It's one of my go-to ones when I. Oh, oh, um, giant spider invasion. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. Packers, man, Packers. Uh, <laughs> 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 just such a great one. Of course, I mean, of course, space mutiny. I mean, how can you not love space mutiny? Space oh mutiny? yeah, that's a good one. Manos, I kind of. I mean, I, I like a lot of the big ones. You know, um, I'm trying to think if there's any like the oddball ones that people don't talk about as much that I like. Pod People's a classic. I like that one. Pod People, yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you for reminding me. That's a great one. That's a really, really good one. I think, you know, of the ones that I find kind of underrated that almost nobody mentions, I think my favorite one, I accuse my parents, is the one I always go to because, I don't know, there's just something kind of special about that one. I mean... Jimmy's really stupid, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that that one is just really, really great, and you know, it, and it even had things that managed to surprise me long after I'd first seen it. Um, the the quacking joke that they did yes. every time he opens it, I it took me for the longest time to figure out what was going on there. 
And then I finally noticed that dang duck painting in the hallway, and I started <laughs> losing it. Just rolling. I was like, that's amazing. So, yeah, that one, that one's really, really good. I like, oh, oh, um, Parks, the Clonus Horror. Okay, that oh, one. Oh, yes. Really, that's actually another one that's like one of my all-time favorites where the host segments and the riffing are just on point. So good. So good. That one's a really great one. Yeah, and the great yeah. thing about that, too, is you don't have to watch the island. Right. I actually did because <laughs> so I, couldn't, did I. I couldn't resist. I was like, I got to see how close it is. And it's so close. Yep. Is it really? See, I haven't watched it. Oh, man. I mean, aside from some Michael Bay action sequences, it's the same dang movie, man. It so obviously is. Yeah, they yeah. clearly wow. ripped that guy off. <laughs> I found a copy of it at Blockbuster when there was still Blockbuster around. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! For like, it was like in the dollar bin. History. I was, I was just like, for a dollar? Yeah, I'll buy that for a dollar. They, they <laughs> Rift Tracks has got to be doing this movie. It's so great. Oh, it's, did they yeah. end up doing a uh, Rift Track no, uh, on that? No, no, unfortunately. Someone should though. My gosh. Yeah, so I'm still have a copy of of that movie. Unfortunately. <laughs> I couldn't, resi- I couldn't resist. You should do it. I couldn't yeah. resist. I uh, when when I uh, saw the trailer for it at my local dollar theater and it started coming on, I just started yelling at the screen, "Biography!" <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. Oh man. Just yeah. That one's Clonus is amazing. That was another great one. But yeah, the island. Gosh, how did they get away with that? I think actually didn't they end up settling with that guy? Yeah, because I was I was going to say, we should mention, too, we're not just saying that that's like, oh, what a ripoff. I mean, there was a legitimate lawsuit, and they did settle. Yeah, because it was super obvious. I mean, even when, I, <laughs> when, I, when I saw the very first trailer for it, when it first came out, I was like, this is Clonus. This is that same dang movie. I was like, what yeah. the heck? Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was legitimately obvious. <laughs> That's another classic. That's those are those are probably some of my favorites. Um, yeah, like some of the bigger ones. Um, it took me a while to to warm up to some of the other favorites people had, like Werewolf. I didn't I didn't get Werewolf for the longest time, and then eventually it kind of clicked. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, those are my big ones. Yeah, uh, Kevin and I were talking earlier about uh, Red Zone Cuba. It's kind of a rough one. Oh, and that is that's a hard one to get through. I mean, yep. Coleman Francis. Oh, you know, I do like Skydivers though. Um, I like skydivers. Uh, Coleman Francis ones though. Whew, they are, they are a whole lot of movie, aren't they? My yeah, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like walking through the desert with about 80 pounds of movie on your head. It is <laughs> just the worst experience. Kevin, weren't we talking earlier about, uh, black and white, the black and white ones seem to be a little harder to get through sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. It, no, it, no, well, I, it depends on, on, on the, like, uh, Hamlet. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes, yes. I like that one. I like that one's good. Really? That one's pretty good. Oh, yeah, I I've, like that one. I've never made it through that without falling asleep. No, like, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like, no joke. Like, I, I can put it on at 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, like middle of the afternoon, at night, whatever. I've fallen asleep every single time. That's funny. It is slow pace. I mean, wasn't it like a German public television production? I think it so, was. yeah. From yes. the 60s or something? Yep, it's like German TV production of Hamlet, where it looks like it takes place in a prison. Amazing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that one's really funny. I love that one. Yeah, that one's good. I, I See, I enjoy that one. Huh. I think it probably helps that I was raised on a steady diet of really old movies as a child. Yeah. So it's like some of my favorite films are Alfred Hitchcock films. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, one of my... 
one of the two, my two all-time favorite movies, vies for, like, you know, it, it goes back and forth between Alfred Hitchcock's Rope and Arsenic and Old Lace, which are wildly different films. Yeah. yeah but, yeah. Um, but yeah, the black and white thing, nothing, means nothing to me. No, Kevin, uh, do, you, do you have any uh, favorites? Um, that Matt was saying, I Accuse My Parents is definitely up there, like, as as far as my favorites. Um, I, I think just about every year on my birthday, I always post something on, on Facebook or Twitter about winning an essay contest, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday. I won the essay contest. <laughs> <laughs> By my um, calculations, he's made $30. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one's one of my favorites. Uh, Mitchell. Oh, um, I forgot Mitchell. How do I forget Mitchell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, pod people's great. Um, <laughs> what cracks me up, uh, It every, uh, like, Sunday we have, like, I'm, I play in the uh, the worship team at at, uh, at our church, and uh, so I, I play bass, and uh, we've got, like, a synthesizer pad that we kind of lay down as, like, a, a background and it just sounds like the music from Pod People if nobody else is playing <laughs> along with it, and I just crack up every time. I just That's hold hilarious. down on one note yep. forever. Yep. And now you got a Yanni lick. Now hold down. You got a record contract. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love that one. Gosh. Yeah. How did I forget um, Mitchell? Good. Uh, another one that I always forget about, um, but every time I I watch it, it just cracks me up. Is uh, Gunslingers. Oh yeah, my sister. Okay, that was the one that got yeah, my yeah. sister into mystery science theater because of the he's in the hall joke. Yep, the whole. I uh, thought come out she was. I thought she was in. gonna have a stroke. She was laughing <laughs> so hard at that. Yes, she loves that episode. That's a good one. Plus Beverly Garland. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of. Um, did you have any others, Kevin? I'm sorry, oh, I didn't mean to. Oh, jeez, I could name a ton of other ones, but no, <laughs> that's fine. Well, I was just what I'm trying to. I was just trying to get at like some of the ones that aren't some of the most well known ones that uh, that you have a fondness for. You, gotcha. Um, I was trying to think of uh, some of the ones I really. See. I'm glad you didn't mention any of them. I'll let you go. Continue if you. Uh, uh, let me. Do you have any others you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. Uh, some other episodes I liked. Uh, Cave dwellers. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's good. Um, let's see. I said pod people. Um, I feel like there's one I'm forgetting. Oh, horror at Party Beach. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a oh, good I one. I haven't seen that one. Oh, haven't you? Oh man. No, no. Yeah, try that one. The creature in that one kind of looks like what would happen if you made a really low rent version of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yep. And then stuffed his mouth full of hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's really stupid looking. It's amazing. I'm trying to think. Uh, there was a, a girl I used to work with at my old job, like her uncle or something was in that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, he was one of the, the guys on the beach. Oh, wow. Oh, what a hopefully not the guy in the really tiny, tiny speedo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was I, unpleasant. I, I can't remember exactly like th what the story was. Uh, I mean, I haven't worked there in a uh, long time now, but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's see. What other ones? Uh, Prince of Space is pretty good yeah, yeah that's a good one um i think i like that one mostly for the uh the introduction of crankor yeah yes. the, the rest of the episode the, re the, episode the rest is of it kind, little, yeah, kind of drags a little hard to get through yeah yep. but crankor is oh crankor is wonderful yep. he's just a delight yes uh agent for harm that one's not bad uh the puma man of course oh yeah the puma man we love the puma yeah. man yes um hobgoblins yeah yeah that one that one's good but 
I don't know. It gets tough to sit through after a while. Oh, Screaming Skull. That's another one of my oh, favorites. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one's actually one that's not as uh, popular, but uh, the the... The host segment with him, uh, Crow as the Screaming Skull. Yes. Great host segment. Oh, oh, um, what, kind of like Prince of Space, but not, uh, not Prince of Space. What's the other one like that with the, uh, the Hitler building? Oh, um. Oh, oh man. Oh, I was crying when that moment came on the screen. <laughs> oh, what is that one? Uh, Invasion of the Neptune Men. Oh, okay, yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. That one is worth watching for the Hitler building alone. I mean, it's a bit of it's a bit of a rough slog, but dang, the Hitler building. Just thinking about it, so great. <laughs> really uh, funny moment. Oh gosh, sorry. Keep going. I'm, gl- I'm glad you guys haven't said my favorite yet. Oh, I'm not really curious. Um, I'm trying to think. It's a weird one. I'm not diabolic then. So that, no, because no. that one's not that weird. No, and it's sad. Yeah. Because that, that I, ends I the show. It, but it's yeah, I enjoy it. It's overall, it's um, overall, it's a, uh, it's competent. See, that's another one of those ones where the film was almost watchable. Um, uh, how about uh, uh, Merlin's Shop of Mystical Wonders? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. That's a. That's good a pretty one. good one. Yeah. That's, that's great. One. All right. So, what was your favorite? Yeah, we got overdrawn know. at the memory bank. Oh, okay. oh my gosh! I forget that. <laughs> Gosh, see, I, you guys keep naming ones, and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, that's, oh. oh I don't know what it cube. is. Yeah, it's just uh, Raul Julia, and uh, yes. it's so strange, the stock footage of the animals, where it's like, they they put their <laughs> mind, they transfer their mind into these, I guess, virtual reality animals for, a, like, a vacation. Mm-hmm. See, but I forget like, what yeah. they call it. Uh, they call it doppling. Doppling, that's right. Yes, they didn't want to bumble or bobble the fingle doppel. <laughs> exactly uh, and it's just like you just get these long moments of just stock footage of animals running around and Rose Julia's in the recording booth going oh this is great oh so much fun oh, oh no who is this you know it's, it's so messed up uh, oh poor Raul Julia <laughs> yeah and that's a that was like a, a like a uh, PBS production out of New York yes. or something paid for with your tax dollars yeah yeah really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so Matt, did one. you have any of the uh the box sets? Do you collect any of those? The I, you know, I I used to. I don't so much anymore. Um not the I mean Well, here's the thing. The official YouTube channel happened. Yes. And um that's really amazing cuz they're putting like full episodes on there even with like explanations of the some of the obscure jokes. I'm like, "Wow, yeah. that's bizarre." It's kind of cool. Um I don't know. I used to uh, these days, I mostly just kind of, I'm not going to lie, I mostly just watch them on YouTube. Um, but um, I, uh, not that I don't like to support it or anything. I don't know, I think it's because Rift Tracks is existing and, and you know, I've got new material to buy. It's probably why I started buying those more instead. Yeah. Um, and I also bought uh, several of the cinematic Titanic ones when the uh, when Joel and his crew was doing that. I, I miss those guys, actually. I, I wish they were still doing it. Their live shows were fantastic as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, although it was a little weird to have six riffers, that was, whew, that was a lot of guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bought their, uh, Alien Invasion, was it Alien, Alien uh, Invasion or Alien Visitor? I forget what it's called. Um, it's, oh gosh. Alien something, I got that DVD. Yeah, That's pretty that great. one. I got that one, I got the, um, the Rattlers one, which I never made it through because that is a boring film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's super boring. Um, what was the other, there was one that was really funny. It was like, um, 
Oh, East, East meets, meets Watts. Watts. Yeah. Yes, yes. That is priceless. Get that one. Get that one. If you, want a, out, yeah. if you want a really good example of their live shows, that one is awesome. <laughs> yeah, when, I uh, think they've got a lot of them uh, streaming on Prime now. Oh, do they? Nice. I think so. I know oh, Rift Tracks has a handful of them, too. Yeah. A lot of Hulu for Rift Tracks, too. Yep. Oh, good to know. Yeah, I bought a bunch of the box sets, but I mean, this was like 2005. Mm-hmm. So, you know, well, YouTube was obviously in its infancy, and yeah. there was not even a thought that they would have full movies at that point. I remember if like a video was over 10 minutes, they'd you tell you they know, couldn't yeah. post it. Yeah. So, uh, I had to you know, upload I, a, a, a load of riff that I did once in two parts cause they wouldn't allow it. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I had to like fill out like an application to be able to upload something longer than 15 minutes. Crazy. That's funny. So yeah, I mean those box sets, you know, unless you had the tapes, uh, or, you know, a way to acquire them that the box sets were really the only way. Like I know myself, we, uh, we didn't get sci-fi channel in our area until 1999. Oh, lame. Yeah. So, oh, see, uh, I had VH. I used to record every episode. Yeah. I that's, how too. I, that's how I got it. I used to, cause as soon as I was introduced to it, I'm like, well, every time that's on every marathon, every single time, man, recording yep. it off the TV. That's, yeah, yeah, that's I, perfect. I had to resort to, you know, raiding the local Suncoast video in the mall and just, Oh, you know. yeah. Me too. Oh, man. Suncoast video. Are they still around? No. no. I can't imagine. <laughs> they went the way of coconuts, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was that, a, was that a chain or was that like a, what was that? That was a video was, chain. Oh, was it? Yeah. I never heard of that one. Okay. Well, Suncoast. I also remember Suncoast from back when I used to be a, a big anime nerd and I was buying horrendously overpriced anime DVDs. Yeah, the prices were ridiculous, yeah. you know, Gosh, looking back. Ghost was the worst. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. You can buy a full season of an awesome show for like 10 bucks now. Yeah. And back yeah. then it was like, I remember I bought NeverEnding Story Part 3 for, I think, oh. on sale for $13 on VHS. Part 3? Oh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my friends and I bought it to make fun of. I should mention I gonna, that. I was going to say, we may have to sit down and talk to you later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a bad yeah. movie intervention. I, I should mention uh, to the listeners that, Matt, you are joining us from the other side of the country. I am. I'm, on the, um, I'm in Spokane, Washington. So maybe coconuts had not reached you. Maybe, maybe it's coming. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> We're not that behind the times. <laughs> Uh, so, um, yeah, cause those, uh, those box sets of mystery science theater, Kevin and I were talking about them earlier and, uh, they're going for like a ton of money now. The, cause the, I guess Rhino put out the first ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then they switched to shout factory and then they, they started going out of print and then especially yeah. the, the volume 10, was it Kevin? Yeah. Which is that, it, was that the Godzilla one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I still kick myself to this day for not buying it when I saw it in the video store. I should have bought it and then hocked that sucker because, yep. man, that thing is in that is. I, I, I remember I had a choice between that one and another set that had, and I was like, well, I like more of the episodes on this one. And I was like, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knew, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that was only out for a little while, and then there was some rights issues because you know Godzilla, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, they switched it with what the giant Gila monster. Yes. So they uh, figured one big lizard for another big lizard. Yep. 
Eh, seems seems like well, no, that's not an equitable switch, but still. Yeah. <laughs> and then that became volume ten point two or ten point five? Ten point oh, something, yeah. I yeah. About that. Yeah. That's interesting. So I I do own that, but uh we were looking at Amazon and some of those early box sets are going for hundreds of dollars. Yeah. It's hilarious. I know, and I was like I just opened mine like some of those like, you know, not maybe within the last like year or two. Shout Factory is now re-releasing the earlier box sets that were done by Rhino. Oh, are they? That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I noticed that Volume 1, so you don't have to spend $600 on Volume 1, it's uh, it's actually out again. So, there there you can get that uh, the Side Hackers and, I think, Sky Divers or Sky... Oh, nice, nice. Sky whatever. I forget what it was. Sky Divers. The Colin Francis one, Sky Divers? Yeah, I believe that's what it is. I think yeah, those yeah, were yeah. on there. Yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. The one thing I liked about the, the Rhino sets is that you could flip the disc and watch it without... The uh, oh, Mystery yeah. Science Theater treatment, oh, you get the straight only movie? On, only on certain ones. Right. Only on certain yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was odd. That was interesting. Plus, they had the little, uh, what was it, the crow head that would pop up during the uh, host segment, so you could, like, press the button, and it would, instead of showing you the host segment, show you the part they cut out. That was weird. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. yeah. A few of them had that feature. I remember I tried it on EGA. And then I started watching it, and I was like, this is um, really boring. That's why they cut this part out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Got it. Sometimes figured, that's the case. Yep. Figured it out. Okay, so back to the host segment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, enough about Mystery Science Theater. I think it's time we, we talk about uh, some comics here. Yes, comics. You know they were actually going to try and do a Mystery Science Theater comic for a while? Really? They huh. were. They were looking into it. I read it. I think they said something about that in either... The Amazing Colossal Episode Guide or in the later episode guide material they did on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, I forget. I'm pretty sure it was in one of those two things, though. They, I guess, were going to try and get a hold of old, um, like maybe old public domain comics or something like that, I'm assuming, and do some kind of weird mashup. And I was like, wow, that would be interesting <laughs> i'm not yeah, sure i don't know yeah i'm not sure yeah, that, I, mean, I feel I, like the I'm, format would be difficult to do yeah i mean unless unless they did it kind of like uh how josh way does it on the uh struth comic strips like where he basically just replaces all of the dialogue oh see that'd be i see I, that'd be more like the uh, what's up tiger lily thing though than mystery science theater yeah so. that's true yeah anyway yeah, comics no, I was just, well, I was thinking too, like, they'd have to, like, recreate or, like, uh, you know, reproduce panels and then, like, kind of draw them in at the bottom, kind of, like, pointing and commenting or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it'd be so strange. Yeah. Weird public domain, like, Wiz Comics. Or not even Wiz, because Wiz <laughs> is an actual comics. There's probably somebody out there doing it right now, too, and we don't realize it, and they're, they're, fig- and they've figured it out already, and we don't know, and we just don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Although, man, everything's getting a comic book nowadays. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Like I just saw a Sesame Street comics. Yep. Yes. I, like would. I would have read those as a five-year-old. Oh, man, I I'd kill to work on those now. <laughs> I love drawing me some Muppets. Yeah, so, um, so what comics are you into, uh, Matt? Oh, gosh, okay. Like, um, what, are your, what are your influences, I should say? Okay, my biggest influences are uh, Stan Sakai, Usagi Yojimbo. Love that comic. Usagi is... My all-time favorite comic, the uh, ongoing 
his his on it's an ongoing like anthropomorphic comic, um, and uh, you know just don't don't just before you get any like weird furry vibes, it's not like like that. <laughs> it's just that he happened to choose to do it. You know, I mean, this was back in the day when like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and that kind of thing were big, and so I think he just decided to do a rabbit character, and so it you know grew from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it's uh, it's been an ongoing uh, like adventure comic about a you know a samurai in in samurai era Japan, and he researches so meticulously that there are actually bibliographies in the back of almost every issue. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, and his comics have been used in uh, college courses because. They're like, okay, you want to know what Samurai Japan was like? You read these books, and uh, and it's just it's so great and really really well done. And the guy is just he's a super class act. My just my all time comics hero. So he's he's like my biggest influence. And uh, then uh, Sergio Aragonés, who he's also worked with, who's oh, work yeah. I, I got in basically got into because I found out that Stan Sakai did his lettering, and um, so uh, grew love grew. Um, Charlie Brown, Peanuts, you know, I've always loved Peanuts growing up. I mean, you know, when mm-hmm. I was a kid, when I was a kid, like a really little kid, I read more uh, newspaper comics, you know, so Peanuts and Garfield and, and Farside and that kind of thing. But then it started, started getting into more comics. Uh, interestingly enough, I, aside from Spider-Man and, and maybe a little Superman, I didn't read as many superhero books. I got into comics through the library, and my local library... God bless whoever was in charge of the uh, library when growing up, but I had things like Usagi and uh, Mage by Matt Wagner, which is amazing. And then, you know, to like a 10, 12-year-old kid, that's a mind-blowing comic. Um, <laughs> there was, uh, oh gosh, what else did I read growing up? Um, um, some Turtles, uh, the original, you know, the black and white book, which was, yep. yeah, which was pretty good. I liked that. I think I read Watchmen before I was really old enough to get it, and I, <laughs> I tried rereading it recently, and I still didn't care for it. That's a little. I'm I'm probably gonna be branded as a heretic for that. But <gasps> it's, just, it's just not for Matt. Dog on it. Most of the stuff that I loved then and love now, is all ages fantasy adventure stuff. I love that stuff. Bone Bone's amazing. Oh Bone, yeah, yeah. Bone is the best dang thing. Um, have you ever read uh, Delilah Dirk? No, no. So good. Oh man, it, your daughter uh, actually, Kevin. She might like. I mean, she might be a little young for mm-hmm. it to, to really get it. But uh, Delilah Dirk is, if you want, like you know, great. You know, li- little girl hero comics. That's oh man, so much fun. She's a, and, and that one, she's basically she's sort of like an almost like an Indiana Jones type character, you know, oh, or okay. a, or a Lara Croft where she uh, is a treasure hunting, globe trotting, you know, swordswoman. With uh, you know proper British upbringing slash you know it's it's everything it's so it's so much fun and the <laughs> art is beautiful and I'm drawing a horrible blank on the uh, creator right now and I feel terrible. <laughs> That's alright. But um, but that Delilah Dirk's amazing. Um, I uh, the, the stuff I read right now. Well, stuff I read right now is gosh hugely varied. You know that that's that's a more recent thing, um, and uh, I've I've still keep up with Astro City uh, for all the superhero books. I like that one. Um, something about Kurt Busiek's writing I like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started reading. Um, I've, I've been getting back into superhero stuff a little bit more lately, um, just because classically I haven't done read much, but. Uh, I got turned on to uh, the Mark Wade and Chris Somney arc of Daredevil, which is great so far. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, biggest influences, I guess, circling back a little bit, uh, if I can use some corporate speak there, um, <laughs> is, uh, is probably easily Stan Sakai and Sergio Aragonis. I just, I love their, their kind of loose and yet well-defined cartooning style. I love their very classic sense of storytelling and timing. Um, and I like, I, I like the sort of, um, I, I like how that's their stuff is all ages and yet they don't talk down to their audience. A lot of the stuff yeah. that I see labeled as all ages these days is, I, I like to say too kid friendly almost, you know what I mean? It's like, you mm-hmm. know, there almost don't feel like there's any stakes in the story. And it's like, look, I want to, if I'm, if I'm reading something, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I mean, I read, well, I read a lot of stuff and some of it probably, you know, more than my age group was supposed to, but it's like the, you know, I liked it when, you know, dangerous stuff actually happened to the characters, you know, and, and there's some good right, stuff. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying there's nothing out there like that, but I mean, uh, sometimes I feel like the, I don't know, like the, they're, they're too nervous to do anything that could. Uh, potentially, you know, like, I don't know, uh, I, I'm having a hard time putting this into words, but potentially, you know, uh, scare or traumatize the kid or whatever. And I'm like, you know, just give the kid a little bit more, more, uh, more rope to, uh, to, to loosen the sails with, if I can go to a pirate metaphor for a second there, because, <laughs> because, uh, you know, th- they'll find this and they'll, they'll, they'll handle the stuff they can handle. And then that's why you're there for the stuff that they can't handle. You know what I mean? And it's exactly, like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, and that's, and, the, and then together you have this great experience with the reading, which is, you know, a lot of how, of how I grew up, you know, cause like my dad, he let me read, you know, some great stuff and just, and so it really shaped, um, what I, what I do. And so that's why I like, I like Usagi and Gru. Gru is like very goofy and that's fun. And Usagi, Usagi definitely has the stakes. I mean, you know, characters, you know, characters, they, they, characters die in that comic, you know, and it's, it's, uh, something that, you know, for an all ages book, you wouldn't necessarily expect, but it's like, Hey, guess what? You know, this is, this is samurai Japan and stuff happens, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's really, really well done. And that's the kind of thing that I've, it's always made me, you know, really just, uh, just, I, I just love that kind of thing. I love it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, boy, this is terribly inarticulate of me tonight. I need some more caffeine. Um, <laughs> it's, You're doing fine. Oh, good. <laughs> but that's, that's the kind of thing that gets me really fired up and gets me wanting to create things. Um, I very much, I'm always enjoying it when I read something and I'm like, doggone, why didn't I do something like that? And then um, I, sh- I should put in a quick plug actually for uh, I, another artist who I've I've uh, admired recently, um, Kelly Tyndall. He does an all ages comic uh, pirate comic called Strange Beard, and uh, that one's really great. I love that one too. And he he nails that kind of balance that I'm talking about really really well. Very very good comic. And so um, that that's the kind of thing that always gets me going. Yeah, it's funny. You were talking about uh, Sergio uh, Aragonés. Is just I I'm a collector of Mad Magazine. Oh yeah. I just grew up reading Mad Magazine, and that's like what you were saying. Like, it's something. Well, maybe it's for older kids, not necessarily an all ages magazine, but yeah, uh, it's a it's a little bit more junior high or high school. Yeah. yeah, 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 and it's just one of those things that it it it, it definitely is marketed for kids, but it it, it was one of those things that didn't uh, talk down or you know yes. condescend to a, a younger audience. It wasn't highlights for children either. Yes. You know, it's a that's just a, Sergio's art. Of course, was a big. Big part of Mad Magazine, I think even still now. Yeah, I think he still does stuff. Um, yeah, and what, what you said that that phrase actually talking down that's that's actually a better example of what I mean. I, I 
I have always disliked children's uh, literature or uh, all ages literature that talks down to its audience. I, I, I guess for me, the term all ages, I always want it to be that, you know, because I've actually had the people who, who have told me that they like my work, which is, you know, always incredibly gratifying, but it ranges. I've had, you know, parents who buy it for their kids and then I get adults who just buy it for themselves, which is awesome. That's like, oh man, that's perfect. That's yeah. just what I want to hit. It means I'm hitting all ages, which is great. Right. The true definition of the term. Yes, yeah. exactly. So uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Catbeard the Pirate. So, uh, yes, please. So where'd you get the idea for uh, for this character? So I had a cat named Tiger, and she used she was a very cuddly cat. And so very, very often if I was, you know, sitting or lying down, uh, she would want to either be like sitting on my lap or on my chest or whatever. And so, you know, I was kind of sitting around with my best friend one day, and we were probably, I think we were probably watching a riff tracks or something, actually. <laughs> but... Um, she was, so she was sitting on my chest, and I just kind of squished her up on my face, and I said, look, a kitty beard. And he says, cat beard the pirate. And I, I immediately, like, sat up, bolt upright, and I snapped my fingers, and I looked at him, and I was like, oh, that's a thing. I'm doing that. That's a thing. <laughs> and at the time, I had been working on this, this graphic novel that, um, it was sort of a steampunk Robin Hood, and I was planning it as a trilogy, and I was having no fun at all with it. It was just a joyless experience and I'd drawn like 50 pages of this thing and oh, wow. I would keep going back well I'm a very stubborn person um, and so when I decide I'm going to work on a project I work on it and so I'd drawn about 50 pages of this thing and I would you know go back and work on it and I'd go back and work on it and I hated it <laughs> and <laughs> and when I got the idea for Catbeard I drew 10 pages in one weekend I couldn't stop oh, like, wow. this is the best thing ever I love doing it I still love doing it this is one of the best things about it is I've got you know I do have a definite ending planned, but I I still really love drawing, and that's one of the things that's so magical about this character to me is that beyond the origins of it that I started when I started it was kind of a gag strip. I really still love drawing it, and I think that just that bolt of inspiration really helped, and it just sort of set me on a really good course. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, when you said bolt of inspiration, that's what I was thinking of. It's like almost like lightning struck you at that it moment. It really yep. did. It felt like I've. <laughs> there are very few times I can say that you know inspiration struck like like lightning, and that was one of them. Just instantly, I I could literally see the very first comic is still up on the website. You know, like the very first page, and it inst I'm, I kid you not that that whole comic like instantly leapt into my head. Just that the the whole thing. I couldn't even believe how how quickly it came to me i was like this is this is i can't believe this yeah it was amazing wow that's I, uh, awesome it was so great such a great feeling <laughs> and just looking through them i mean the the fun comes through on the page which oh, is thank nice. you it's, thank it you it definitely does that's that and that's so so flattering to hear i gosh i can't tell you how much fun i have drawing the comic i mean not to say that it's never work because sometimes it's work sometimes i will say that uh, every once in a while i wish i could hang myself in the own rigging that i'm drawing but uh <laughs> it's um it's but it's once i'm done i feel so satisfied and so so happy with it now did you you had some of these published already right yeah i well i had um i've done three volumes and um so that's um, and the fourth volume is done essentially, or all the all the pages for it are done, um, and so you know yeah I've I've had them in the past, um, and that's why I'm running the Kickstarter right now, uh, for the fourth volume and also to reprint the first three, uh, because of uh, well, 
um, as as we were talking about before the episode started recording. In July, uh, I lost my home to fire, and uh, a lot of my stock was damaged due to smoke and water damage. Uh, the fire didn't burn them, thankfully, but I mean, you know, firemen have to do their work, and right, right. that means water happens everywhere. Yeah, so so what is the uh, the Kickstarter? Where can people find this? Um, well, um, I you if you go to catbeardthepirate.com, there is an embedded link on there. Um, the the link itself, Kickstarter loves to do their big, big, long links. So, and unfortunately, it's not a quick, snappy one I can uh, oh, say. Okay. But, but if you go to uh, kickstarter.com and search for Catbeard, you will find it. Um, and if you, uh, all one word, and, uh, if you go to catbeardthepirate.com, you can find it. Um, if you go to mattnelsonart.com, I've talked about it there. Um, my Facebook page, my Twitter, my Instagram, <laughs> my <laughs> Tumblr, um, pretty much anywhere where, uh, Matt W. Nelson exists, you will probably find some mention of me running this Kickstarter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's all the social media things I have, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's all of them. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll, I'll put, uh, I'll put links in the description of this episode too. So if if anybody's listening to this, you could just, uh, especially on Apple devices, I'm not sure how it works on Android, but you can click from the, uh, description link too. Yeah. We'll do that. And, uh, there's some pretty cool, uh, rewards on the uh, Kickstarter as well. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, uh. There, I think there's still some of these left where you can appear in the comic. Uh, Kevin has appeared I think, three times now, twice or three times. A uh, couple times, yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. and uh, and um, there's uh, which and see in the appearances, I will put them up on the website temporarily, and then they eventually become part of the collected editions, and they never you can only see them in the collections, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, see, and that's the other thing too is when I do collected editions, all all the material. From the website is there, but I will always draw new material that is exclusive to the books because I feel that it's important that if you're going to support me monetarily, I should be giving you a little something extra, you know, just kind of say thank you, basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's those, and then I stole a, uh, a really nifty idea that my pal Kelly Tyndall that I was talking about when he did his Kickstarter for Strangebeard, he did a tier where people could... Uh, a pledge tier where people could die in the comic in some uh, some <laughs> spectacular way, and I was like, "Oh gosh, what a great idea! That sounds like fun, you know." So, and then, uh, and of course, it wouldn't be like you know gory or anything like that, but you know, it, it would be. Uh, you know, I was like, that could be kind of fun for people. So that's available. Um, there's of course original artwork. Um, you know, levels. There's um, there are even some levels where um, that I'm calling castaway copies. These are survivors from the fire that don't show signs of the uh, of the smoke and water damage. Um, there's not a whole ton of those, but there are some. Um, and um, so there's those um, which especially would be good, I think, if you had like you know a library or something like that. They'd be like, hey, you know, you know, get these in there for the kids. Yeah. Um, there are some for comic retailers um, if you wanted to, you know, stock the comic in your shop. Um, and there's just, there's there's pledge levels for just about everything. And uh, heck, I wouldn't even mind if 5,000 people just wanted to pledge a buck to the uh, campaign. That would put us over the top right there. <laughs> yeah, that would work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, it's, it's, it, it's an awesome comic. Uh, my kids oh, absolutely gosh, thank you. love it. I enjoy it as well. So, um, you know, that's why I've made a point of, you know, kicking in on all the, uh, the Indiegogo and the, uh, Kickstarters that you've had. Uh, um, I really appreciate that. It's, it's always, I, I gotta be honest. I, I love, if nothing else, I love hearing my kids and I love it. That, gosh, that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> 
So when does the uh, Kickstarter end? October 14th. October 14th. Okay. Also, I wanted to talk about the, uh, the Transformers uh, comics. Oh, yeah. That- yeah. Um, that's an old one. Um, I think I started that back in 2000, 2001. Um, I haven't done anything with those guys for years. I, I kind of felt like I, I did it for, gosh, four or five years. And I, I eventually felt like I kind of had, I had kind of run out of ideas for um, things to do with the characters. Basically, it was just a, it was a parody comic. I was a big fan of an online parody comic called uh, Sevtrek, and um, it was, um, it was a, a Star Trek parody, obviously. And mm-hmm. uh, and at the time, he had started doing some. He started the guy who did it was starting to do some like other. Uh, uh, science fiction properties and somebody asked him about doing Transformers and he said that um, he was Australian and he actually apparently had never grown up with them and so he wasn't very familiar with them and at that time, there was another one of those kind of almost bolt of inspiration things but I was just like I'm familiar with those guys I could be doing a parody comic about Transformers I should try that, you know, and so <laughs> and so I started doing it and um, it was it was it was a lot of fun. I I enjoyed it. Um, you know, like I said, for about four or five years, um, I did several. You know, I did the uh, the originals, of course, um, which is what's up on my Tapastic page right now. Um, but I also did some for the like the Beast Wars era um, and Beast Machines and uh, what was the one after that? Robots in Disguise, I think. And then after that, I did some Armada ones. Um, so about five years worth, I think. Yeah. Oh wow. And. Um, and it, there, there just came a time when I was like, A, I was kind of getting out of Transformers. I was like, I just felt like they were kind of leaving me behind, you know? I was like, okay, this is, you know, the, the not that I didn't like them anymore, but just, you know, because I still like them. I still look at some of the ones in the shops. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that thing's so great. I really should buy, <laughs> I really should buy that, except for the fact that I have adult bills and responsibilities and, you know, a lack of space <laughs> in my home. But, uh, and, um. But uh, the the fiction I think had started to leave me behind a bit. I was, you know, it kind of, uh, it I I'd, I'd kind of moved away from it a bit, and so I didn't feel like I had anything more to say with them. Plus, since the comic had changed, I I, I kind of changed them drastically from you know the the portrayals in the in the shows. I mean, Optimus Prime is sort of an absent-minded nitwit in my version, and um, <laughs> you know who can't remember where he left his trailer. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, they just, it's just all, it's played so much for laughs that I didn't, I, I, I've had a bit of a hard time, I guess, writing like a, just a gag a day kind of thing. Eventually, uh, it's, it's, I will say it's easier to write stories than gags. I have huge respect for gag a day web, you know, web comic or newspaper comic type people who can keep being yeah. funny. It is hard to be funny daily. I can be funny occasionally in a story, but my gosh, on a daily basis, it's a slog. <laughs> but uh, but doing that um, gained me a little bit of you know fandom at the beginning among Transformers fans, and so because of it, I ended up getting to do a few official ones for one of the Botcon um, like uh, Collectors Club magazines, mm-hmm. and um, I even got to do one. In the back of the, uh, what was the, Dreamwave, 
the infamous Dreamwave comics, um, Transformers. I got uh, that was I think my first paid comics work actually. Um, uh-huh. I got to do a uh, a Super Deformers comic, which I did not write, which was a weird experience too. Uh, but I got to draw a Super Deformers comic for the Patley Dreamwave Transformers comic. I think it was in the fifth issue. I want to say, yeah. Yeah, so what's that like when you're approached to do something like this, but it's written by somebody else? It's weird. That was weird. Um, because I would re- I read the joke that he had done, and it's not, it wasn't terrible, but it just, it was so different from the kind of joke that I would do that I didn't know how to approach it. I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll draw this. Um, <laughs> I said, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm, you know, I guess, you know, I mean, I'm, it's, it's not really... It's it's strange because it's not like I want to say, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, I mean, I'm you know, if, when, yeah. you're, when you're being a professional, you're just like, okay, this is what my writer has written, and I will draw it. Um, but you know, I think part of it too, there was an intimidation factor because it's like this is my first, this is the first like really big thing I was ever going to do. You know, this is like a mass you know image publication. You know, this is this is you know going to be seen by many 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 people. Yeah. And I will admit it was a little disappointing when it did finally come out because they kind of reduced the size down to a tiny little, you know, it was so tiny on the page. I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> but, but, um, but I was like, well, okay. But then again, yeah, if you want to talk like disappointments in comics, my gosh, talk to some of the artists who had worked for Dreamwave in the past. Didn't go well. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so, but it was, I mean, it was, it was a really neat experience. And I, and I, uh, it, it was, but it was very strange. It was strange as having had done them for so long and having, you know, because been, you know, essentially hired because of them, um, to do that one for Dreamwave Comics where I wasn't the writer was weird. Um, yeah. so it, it, but it was just, you know, it eventually, uh, you know, I mean, I, looking back on it, I'm like, eh, it's, you know, it's what it is. It's, just, you know, they're, they wanted to have their writer do it and that's fine. Uh, speaking of like the uh, the gag comics, I don't know if you wanted to talk about your uh, Player None series. Oh, which... Player None, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, I read some of those too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, very that's, cool. That's uh, I forget how I came up with that idea. Oh, okay. No, I do remember actually. So, I uh, I I started working digitally recently um, on the machine I'm talking on now actually, um, on my uh, Microsoft Surface Pro. <laughs> hey, uh, Apple is a sponsor, you, so I might listening? have to cut that out. Oh, crap. Seriously? No. Yeah, oh. right. <laughs> you, got, you got me. No, just that. Apple. That it's not Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Cortland, Macintosh. Sponsored by Fuji Apple of Fuji. Almost Apple. in season, folks. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, no, anyway. But, um, I, I, well, it, but anyway, I wanted to start kind of doing something to get better at using it. Um, and... And, uh, so I was trying to think of an idea of something I could do without having to think a lot about character design and, and, um, and, you know, story. And I thought, oh, I could do a video game comic and there are a million of those out there. And so I won't have to worry about making it where it's, I, I have to try to rise to the top. I, I essentially look at player none as a way to stretch myself a little bit artistically and creatively without having to do the heavy lifting. <laughs> okay. You know, because the the video game designers, bless their little hearts, have created the environments and the characters for me, and now all I have to do is make up stories about what they do based on what they look like. And that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, yeah, it's uh plus it just kind of speaks to the it's it's sort of um not ex- I won't say easy, but it's it's sort of in a way an easy thing to do because I actually the the central premise that I don't have time to play video games and so here's what I think they are based on screenshots is not far off because I literally don't have time to play video games and so I don't know what they're about. <laughs> and so people will be like, oh, this thing, blah, 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 and they'll talk about how great this game is without... And the funny thing is, it's so strange how many times I see people talk about video games and not actually tell you what kind of game it is. They're like, oh, it's just great and the gameplay is amazing and blah, blah, blah. And then you have to actually get them to tell you what the game is. I'm like, is it a shooter? <laughs> is it an RPG? What is it? And then when I got the idea for this when this for this comic i started having to realize well now i can't ask people that anymore because now i need to not know what it's about <laughs> so <laughs> so you know and so now all i do is just you know sort of make it up and I, occasionally i know a, a little bit about the game you know like uh, the most recent one i did i think was the life is strange one yep um which, uh, which, oh boy, 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 I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, uh, that one didn't come out that great. I did that one really fast and I was tired. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, that one, I will admit, I actually watched someone's Let's Play of the first episode because I was curious about it after I found out that it was one of those episodic style games, um, which I like. But, um, but for the most part on these games, when I'm going in, I don't, I literally don't know. Um, what they're about like Castlevania I have actually never played Castlevania believe it or not and so I only know that it is about a guy who fights vampires and so <laughs> I was like I mean that was that was my I was like well the name I'm like it's got to be a vampire thing um and so when I went looking for um that's actually probably one of my favorite ones uh, that I did when I went looking for reference I'm like this dude looks exactly like He-Man I'm like <laughs> he looks just like He-Man except for he's got a little bit more shirt on I was like, so the game is about He-Man fighting Dracula, I guess? And so that's what the comic <laughs> became about. I was like, and so, you know, and a lot of them have been like that. Um, with, like, for example, with one of them with Pokemon, I had to force a difference because it's sort of impossible not to have heard about what Pokemon is in this day and age. I mean, that game has yeah, been yeah. going for, like, what, 15 years now? At least, yeah. Yeah, think about that for a minute, guys. But, <laughs> <No>. um... <laughs> Um, but so for that one, I, I intentionally did a, uh, a Ghostbusters parody because I couldn't, I, I just, I had nowhere to go with it. I was like, I know too much about this com uh, this, uh, this game. The, uh, but, Ratchet uh, and Clank one was pretty good too. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> apparently I was reading in the comments on that one. Apparently I actually got part of that right. Oh really? Yeah, I guess I, and I was, cause I was looking at the pictures of the guys. I'm like, well, all he does is seem to run around with a little robot guy in a huge wrench. I'm like, I guess he's a plumber. And, um, yeah, apparently I kind of got that right. One of the guys in the comments on that one said, yeah, that's what you, what you do in those games. I was like, wait, what? Really? (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's a few missions where, you know, you're basically like tightening bolts and stuff like that, but yeah, I was, I was almost tempted to do redo it because I'm like, I didn't mean expect to get one right. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, your, your silent hill one was pretty spot on as well. Oh gosh. The silent hill one. That's, yeah, <laughs> Silent Hill is, uh, it is literally the only game, uh, the second one anyway, it's the only one I've actually seen any real gameplay from, it's the only game to have ever actually given me nightmares. Um, I had a friend who was into it for a while, and I would come over and visit him, and he'd be playing this game, and the imagery is so disturbing in that game 
that I went home that night after watching him play it, and I actually had like nightmares about like you know, Pyramid Head and some of the what were the things in the second one? I don't know if you guys have ever played the game, but there's no, a part no. in the oh gosh, it's so dark. <laughs> there's a part in the second game where he's in like the hospital or something. And there's these body bag looking things hanging from the ceiling with these sort of rotten feet dangling out and strangling him. And I'm oh, like, man. this is, it is, yeah, it's disturbing yeah. as heck. <laughs> yeah, and, a, I, I'm with you on that. Like, I, yeah, it's not, yikes, not really my yeah. deal. Yeah, I've same never here. Been, I've never been much of a horror guy, um, uh, with some exceptions. But it's, um, but yeah, that game is the only one that the imagery was so disturbing to give me nightmares. And so I actually told him after watching it i said look as long as you're playing this game i'm not coming over to visit you and <laughs> so you can just tell me when you finish it and then we can hang out again <laughs> but um so i it was an easy target when i started doing player none i thought to myself oh well yeah silent hill 2 it'll basically be because about the entire series is made of nope so yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was a pretty easy one and i will ad- i will admit i the designs are well done i mean i i respect the I respect the the designs and stuff like that. I the designers have done some great work in those games because they do what they have set out to do. They have created horrible, disturbing imagery. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I loved your uh, the Arkham City one too. Oh, I love that game. But uh. yes, I am not fit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was gonna say the 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 last panel reminds me uh, of my my good friend Paul. He's a, a a returning guest, a frequent guest on the show, but he's obsessed with uh, the Arkham games, and uh, yeah, he's fully immersed in the Batman character. That's what I thought when I oh gosh, when you I do. when I read this uh, this comic. Oh, thank you. You but you do. It's they've done an excellent job with that one. Yeah, that's that's one of the few. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll I intend to do another one sometime called Well Informed <laughs> Game Summaries, <laughs> um, where it's a little little bit of a departure from the thing because I have played some games. Um, but yeah, that's one of the few action games I've ever played uh, that I was any good at, and um, although. Oh, those Riddler missions. But, um... Yeah. That's what I hear. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, I refuse to play the third game because I've, I've heard about some of the frustration with the Batmobile stuff, and I'm like, no, no. It was bad enough in the second game. Yep. But, um... <laughs> uh, plus, who plays Batman games to drive the Batmobile around? I don't want to drive the Batmobile around, man. I want to sneak up on guys and yeah. choke them out. Yeah. Yep. It's the best thing. Um, well, Bat- Batman and Robin for the Super NES, I will say... <laughs> The Batmobile level, where you actually have to fire the grappling hook to make turns, is is very exciting. Is that cool? Okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, at any rate, Arkham City is the best superhero game I have ever played, with one exception, and it is. But it is so immersive. You totally feel. Like you're sneaking around in these buildings and, uh, you know, creeping up on these guys and the tension is there and the feeling like you're outwitting them is there. That's, that's the other thing too. It's like, you feel like the smartest guy in the room and it's just so great. And you just, you do, you, you feel, and even though you're that, that portly guy on the couch, you know, you, you just, you're, I'm Batman. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, So great. One of our guests that we have on occasionally Hamish from Australia is also equally obsessed with this game. And, uh, I like once in a while on his uh, Twitter page, 
he will post pictures, screenshots that he takes of like Batman standing at the photocopier, <laughs> <laughs> things, things of that nature. And he'll That's tweet great. at the uh, the company that produced it, just saying like, you know, what is this? Or Batman making copies? Or uh, he had he he found one area where they put they had something very heavy on top of the copier and he's like well that's not right that'll break the glass you know it's just <laughs> pretty funny that's uh, great yeah I, but uh, that one's hilarious my uh my, my see and the other thing is too i don't play a whole lot of the classical triple a type games or the games that are most popular because i'm terrible at platform games um i've never finished a mario game except for two and that one's kind of weird so um, you know, <laughs> it's my favorite one actually. <laughs> I oh, I love Mario too. Love it. It's so yeah, great. Yeah. It's so different. Plus, it introduced Shy Guys, which are my favorite. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, but I'm terrible at those kind of games. Um, I'm not great at shooters. I do okay, but I'm not great at shooters. Um, I am awful at RPGs because I don't have the attention span for them. Um, you know, the ones I like the most are. Fighters, which nobody wants to make anymore, it seems like, except for Mortal Kombat, um, which I never liked anyway. So it's like, okay, great, you know, I, I can't get a Street Fighter, guys, come on. But yeah, yeah. Um, I love fighting games. Um, I love racing games, which of which the Burnout series is my all-time favorite. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. Yep. yeah, right. Yes. The it third is awesome. One. The third one is still my all-time favorite racing game. So yep. good. Yes. Excellent. We're all going to be great friends. Um, <laughs> and uh, and interestingly enough, rhythm games. I dig me some Guitar Hero mm-hmm. and Dance Dance Revolution, even though watching me play Dance Dance Revolution is not recommended for the faint of heart. <laughs> and um, I have the Mario version. It's great. Um, and um, and also, uh, what was the first the, the first Rayman Raving Rabbids game where you had to do oh, the, okay, little, yep. the, the little... Oh, part, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those levels with the little rabbits wow. where you had to do it in time. Yep. Man, I killed those levels. I was <laughs> awesome at those. So I love these. I love those kind of games. So I like the oddball games anyway. Oh, and point-and-click adventure games, which, spoiler alert, never get made for consoles. Um, so, at least, well, okay, almost never. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's... So I'm kind of like... I, I like all the oddball ones. So, for me, this comic feels kind of like an almost... Like, like I said, almost too easy because I just don't know anything about what's going on in AAA gaming anymore. <laughs> it's like, well, you guys just keep doing what you're doing over there. That's great. I'll, and, I'll just keep making comics. <laughs> and you'll never run out of material. I mean, no, they keep it's making just going to keep games. coming. Yeah. Although I wish they'd quit making brown shooters. Yeah. Gosh, everything is so drab and brown and then you yeah. shoot things. It's like, boy, that's exciting. Uh, <laughs> those actually, those are the ones I've had, I have almost kind of intentionally stayed away from is brown shooters because that's sort of what I just call all the like, you know, call of duty and all those other, you know, gears of war and all those because mm-hmm. it's everything's brown and gross looking. And then you just run around shooting and I have nothing to say about that. I can't, I can't think of a way to make that funny. It's, right. it's, yeah. I mean, at least with that new one, um, what is the new one with the squid people? Splatoon? Uh, that's it, yeah. I could probably think of something for that. Yeah. That's that's at least different. I mean, you know, and I know it's a shooter, but I could make something up for that. I could, you know, I could make a story. Because at least that's interesting to look at. My gosh. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. You Super know? fun, too. I've, I've heard people say that, but I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So and not based on somebody's experience, you know? That's, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Seriously, like Call of Duty, yeah. Now, you said Arkham, Ark, the Arkham games are your favorite superhero games except for one. What, what's the one that's your all-time favorite, then? Spider-Man 2 for the Nintendo GameCube. That really? Game, oh, it's, um, have you ever played that? No, I haven't. It's incredible. It's huge, for one thing. For the time, that thing, you can explore basically all of New York. And, I mean, you can even swing over to the island with uh, the Statue of Liberty. It's it's tricky. You have to snag two helicopters. But, um, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, but um, you could go anywhere. And the gameplay was smooth as butter. It was just, you know, really responsive. And Spider-Man did all the things you wanted him to do. Basically, Arkham, the Arkham series almost feels like an upgraded version of that. Um, and it was kind of realistic um, where if you, uh, unlike the first Spider-Man game, in the second one, you actually had to snag your web onto something to, to get places. You know, it's like yeah, you couldn't yeah. just shoot it out into space and, you know, what's he hitting? A pigeon? You know, no. no. In, this, <laughs> in this one, he actually had to grab onto stuff, so that was really great. Um, and, you know, kind of like how Batman, in the Batman games, you get, like, uh, bonuses for for uh you know un unbroken uh, chains of awesome fight combo stuff in this one you would get bonuses like that for uh good web slinging so you'd like swing and do like cool flips and jumps and garbage and uh run along the sides of buildings and that was the other thing too is it, it again the gameplay much like the Arkham series, and this is why I, I, so Arkham is probably my next favorite, you know, after this, because it's on the same level, plus, you know, it looks nicer. Mm -hmm. um, but the gameplay was so smooth, you could do things like, you know, swing down the, you know, uh, uh, Times Square, and and, uh, and and then just, you know, flip off of your of your uh, web line into a run onto the side of the building and then, you know, jump and do somersaults and, and jump off of a cab and swing from light posts. And, I mean, I will... I'm not kidding. I would sometimes just ignore all the little missions and stuff they wanted you to do. You know, spider... You know, insensitive Spider-Man who ignores muggers, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> because the web-slinging was so smooth, I could just do it for, like, an hour or two at a time. It's like... La la la! I'm Spider Man. I'm swinging through the thing, and that's the other thing. It felt so immersive. It felt you felt like Spider Man, and so that game is incredible. I I always point to it as an example of this is an old game that got it right and got it right hard, and they have never done it right since. Doggone it! <laughs> yeah, I had the first one. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get the second one though. The first one actually was pretty darn good. And yeah, the second it was. one, it's it, much like Arkham Asylum, where it was really good, and you didn't think they could, you didn't think they could make it any better. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how Spider-Man Two felt. You know, like much like Arkham City, you're like, oh man, they did, they made it better. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe they did it, but they did it. And uh, and so it was just an incredibly good game, and. Um, and so, yeah, and because I'm a bigger Spider-Man fan than I am a Batman fan, that part doesn't hurt either. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, a lot went into that game. I remember uh, it, it was either for the first one or the second one, but I tend to think it was the second one. They, The design team, they had their own special on MTV, like the making of the game. Oh, really? That came out at that time. Yeah, MTV was uh, pretty invested in Spider-Man for a while for some reason. Well, <laughs> you know, those movies were big. I mean... Yeah. You know, you got to kind of bear in mind that that was the first theatrical Spider-Man movie, and the rights had been tied up in so many ridiculous things for so long, and they brought out a Spider-Man movie out, and they got it right, and, you know, it blew everyone's dang mind, so... Yeah. 
Yeah, that was cool. How many times did I see that in the theater? Five? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I loved that movie. Loved the second one even more, but loved that movie. Every time, yeah, the first two were great. Oh, uh, every time J.K. Simmons came on as Jameson, I would just squinch up in my seat with glee because I was like, "Here he comes!" <laughs> Such a perfect casting. Oh, how could they get any better? They never. You notice they didn't try for the Tobey Maguire, uh, not Tobey Maguire. Um, who was the second guy? Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, notice how they didn't actually even try to recast him for that. Yeah, and that's because they knew darn well they couldn't get it right again if they didn't get him back. <laughs> um, yeah, that was. Oh. Just brilliant casting. Brilliant. It's like he walked off the page. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen the, the, the newest two. I'm kind of afraid. I, I own them, but uh, yeah, kind of well, nervous. The first one's... Uh, well, yeah. the first one is basically a shinier version of the first Spider-Man movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus this... they mess with, the mess with the costume for no good reason that I could see whatsoever. It's right. still... It looks better in action than it did in photos. I'll give them that. But it makes me crazy because every time I look at this thing... Because they still try to give you that... The, you know, they, they do the little evolution of his costume thing where he's got like a hoodie and, and sunglasses... And then, you know, it gets a little bit better and a little bit better, kind of like a little montage in it. And then they try to imply that he made this suit he's running around in. And I, every time I see it, I'm like, just, oh, baloney no. he did. <laughs> I'm like, there's too much going on. No right. high school student sewed that nonsense. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's like, probably, I, I would probably have been able to forgive the design tweaks, you know, in it if it hadn't been so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, look, guys, come on. Yeah. I could at least buy that he made, you know, the 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 standard red and blue. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And then the web shooters. I'm glad they didn't uh, make him invent web fluid and web shooters as well. Yeah, <laughs> like... I'm torn on that. I mean, you know, I guess it's weird where my suspension of disbelief leaves off, I guess, actually. It's like, <laughs> I can accept that he invented the web shooters, but I can't accept that he sewed his own costume. I, I don't know where I'm... Yeah, I've got I've got some issues, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I did like that they gave him back his web shooters. I didn't hate the organic web shooters that they gave him in the, uh, in the Sam Raimi films, um, probably because they didn't make a huge deal out of it. You know, honestly, people... People didn't like that, but they, they kind of just, you know, it's like in the comics, they don't really make a big deal out of the fact that he's wearing web shoes either. So it's like, we all just know he has webs. Fine. Wherever, whatever. That, you mm-hmm. know, that's fine. Um, yeah. But um, in I, I will say that it gives it a more logical reason for if he has to have a malfunction or whatever, them to have mechanical ones. And I like the way they looked, too, in the, in the newer movies. They looked cool. Um, but, yeah, the movies themselves aren't great um yeah the second one is just awful (laughs) there are parts with the second one i like um anything with andrew garfield and and emma stone is good those two had genuine chemistry i liked them when andrew garfield is being spider-man he had he had the little smart alec attitude down a little bit better than toby mcguire did yeah um he had so he had the cocky spider-man i liked um however all the rest of the movie i mean the stuff, I mean, they bring in Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. You've got Chris Cooper. And you bring him in, and you give him, like, dang, spirit store witch nails, and uh, and paint him green, and have him cough at that that kid, whatever, he, what is the kid's name who played Harry? 
I don't know. He's terrible. Anyway, um, you, <laughs> you have you you sit here and you have him cough at him for like ten minutes, and then he's gone. Sorry, spoiler alert, man. I know you haven't seen them yet, but it's just it's awful. That's fine. It's an awful, <laughs> awful scene. And it's a huge waste of an amazing actor. Chris Cooper's a fantastic actor. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's just disgusting, and you do this to him. And so I was, that's just obnoxious. And, and, and they crammed in again, like this is the same problem that they have with Spider-Man three is they tried to put two movies into one movie basically. And so, you know, you've got like the Rhino and well, sort of, and, um, and the Green Goblin kind of, and, <laughs> uh, and Electro who I didn't mind actually. I, I mean, you know, yeah, he's got a little bit of the Jim Carrey Riddler thing going on, but, um, I didn't hate him. Um, and the scene where he fights Electro actually for the first time in, in, uh, in the street and is saving people, that's actually a really, really well done scene. So, like, there, there are elements of the second one that are good, but, um, overall the script is diaper gravy, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing, though, is, like, the origin stories, like, I, Kevin and I talked about this on a previous episode, it's like, with the, uh, the Batman movies, like the relaunch of Justice League and all those, it's like, I don't want to see Batman's parents get killed over and over and over oh, again. Gosh. We kind of we kind of oh, get it now. Yes. And th- I tend to think we're going to see that again because no, they do they've show... No, like, they've said outright the next Spider-Man movie will not be an origin movie. Oh, it can't be. You know, I'm glad they're yeah, kind of putting they, him in Captain America's movie. Yeah, I, I suspect that'll probably just be a cameo, but... Um, they have just, yeah, they've outright said their reboot will not be another origin. They're basically like, we get it. Everyone knows Spider-Man's origin. I'm like, thank you. I've been saying yeah, this for yeah. years. I, well, it's like, well, the way they did it, actually, um, they did this in both uh, Incredible Hulk and in Spider-Man 2, where they did a little montage at the beginning of the credits. And I was like, why don't they do that in, like, every superhero movie? That's yes. all we need. It's like, we get it. He had an origin, and now we just want to watch him run around as this superhero. Can we just have that? That'd be amazing. I mean, I guess for guys like Iron Man and Captain America, where they're really introducing this character to a broader audience for the first time, but I mean, guys like Spider-Man and Batman and Superman, everybody knows those three, okay? Everyone. Everyone, you know? I can see it for, like, maybe, you know, let's say Wonder Woman. Or um, or maybe, um, you know, some of the DC guys who haven't had as much exposure media-wise as the uh, as the other mainstream heroes. But for for guys that, you know, that have had, like, major cartoon franchises or major... I uh, already had previous major movie franchises. I mean, I tried to watch Gotham, okay? And no offense to anybody, but if you guys like Gotham, fine. <laughs> fine. I got through about five episodes, and I thought it was the worst thing ever. But um, I... <laughs> I so I watched the first episode and then they did the uh, they did the you know the Bruce Wayne you know alley scene again and yep. I rolled my eyes and I said really and it wasn't even shot very well I was like my gosh <laughs> this is a terrible terrible example of that scene and they tried to make it all dramatic and 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 have gravitas and I was like okay, A, we've all seen it so many times that it's starting to lose any semblance of, you know, importance. B, good gravy, guys. Couldn't you have framed this better? I don't even make movies, and I know this was badly done. This just looks... <laughs> but this is terrible. So, yeah, I mean, that sort of stuff. And, I, I, and I've seen stuff in the new Superman-Batman trailer that it seems to imply we're going to get to see some flashback stuff with that again. I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? 
Yeah, exactly. Are you honest to gosh kidding me right now with this? We're going to see Batman's origin again. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Are you? I couldn't even. I, 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 I kid you not. I was my mouth. I mean, I don't think that looks very good anyway. But my mouth just dropped open when I saw that. I was like, no way. <laughs> yep. And and I looked at I looked at IMDb because I'm like, well, you know, they they show one of the trailers like a funeral procession. So I'm like, well, maybe it's just a flashback. But then on IMDb they said that Thomas Wayne is played by uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, there we go. That's another three named guy. Yep. So they're not going to throw a bunch of money at Jeffrey Dean Morgan for a flashback. So, you wouldn't uh, think, or, no. you know, a quick thing. No, so I mean, yeah, there's there's got to be significant screen time, and then just uh, I just don't know that movie. Oof. That's a whole other. That's like a whole other podcast. That movie. <laughs> I'm <laughs> has, sure we'll end up doing it. Hasn't yep. even come out. Oh boy, I'm going to have to have a few in me before I do that one. Uh, <laughs> But like you said with Gotham, like I, I gave it a few episodes and I, I kind of fell away from it. It's uh, it's not quite the Batman story we're used to. It's kind of like, uh, you know, people that visited the Batman set when they were done shooting and did their own kind of movie, you know? <laughs> you know, I wanted to like it too because I didn't hate the guy playing Gordon and I love Donald Logue. He's great um, mm-hmm. and he's a perfect casting idea as Bullock. And um, I even kind of like the guy playing Alfred. Um, kind of, mm-hmm. and um, the kid playing Bruce is hilarious, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, the episode where he's like listening to speed metal and and drawing horrible things in his notebook. I I had to leave the room. I was laughing. Oh my goodness, um, it's so bad. Um, but um, I I love. I don't know if you guys have seen the video where someone took the Lego Movie Batman music and put it over that scene. No, no. Oh, it's so great. It's so great. It's so perfect. Oh, it made it even better. But I mean, and but you're expected to take that seriously. And then that's the thing. I'm like, am I? I surely I can't be expected not to laugh at this moment, can I? I was like, it's terrible. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I if we're gonna talk superhero stuff that I'm enjoying, I, the Flash is just like the best thing on TV. Yeah, that's, that's what I hear. Yeah, I I, I I gotta catch it from the beginning. That's the problem for me. But yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, I actually I, just bought the Blu-ray. Um, I'm waiting for it to come in the mail from Amazon because I really want to start rewatching it again because it's gonna show up next week, and I can't wait. I can't wait. It's pure Silver Age comics fun, and it, it you know what it actually speaks to what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about all ages stuff. It is easily all ages. Um. I could show this to a kid and not be too worried about the kid, um, and uh, and anything the kid didn't understand, I would be like, oh yeah, okay, this is this, you know, and there, and that's you know that kind of thing, and yeah. maybe fast forward past a couple scenes with Eddie, yeah, I was going to say, but yeah, there's maybe a, there's one or two little, scenes, it's, but it's, other yeah, than that, it's, it's CW, I guess there is a, there's a little bit, but you know, yeah, it's a it's very much aimed at that kind of you know thing where they're saying, hey, you know, this, these are people who are superheroes and they have superpowers and they enjoy it. And so you should enjoy it, and we're all going to enjoy it together. And that's just the coolest thing ever. <laughs> well, that's how it should be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you know, there's a comic I read um, called Bakuman. It is a manga about making comics, so it's about as self-referential as you can get. Um, <laughs> but it's all—it's also about the comic making industry in Japan. And if if I'm to understand that it's at all accurate, I've heard there's—you know—I mean, it's exaggerated for drama, of course. But um, 
there is a scene in the comic where the editors of the magazine, Shonen Jump, are all sitting around, and they're talking about how their age demographic is rising. You know, their the age of their readers is rising. And they talk about it not as a thing that they should do so they should write more for that age, but that it is a problem and that they need to attract younger readers. And I it made me just almost throw the comic book down in, like, an epiphany. I was like, why are we not thinking about it that way over here? Over here, yeah. instead of saying, oh, man, we need to get more kids reading comics, let's make all the Flash comics and all the Superman comics and all the Spider-Man comics made for a little bit younger readers. Instead, they do this weird thing where they kind of throw a few token titles out for the kids, you know, maybe on free comic book day or whatever. But they mm-hmm. keep, like, writing for the 40- and 50-year-olds who are reading you know, Batman and Superman and, and all these, and they're just, just awful. They're, you know, it's like nothing <laughs> fun is happening in these comics. And there, there's a few that are doing it right. Like I said, I, I, you know, I read Daredevil and that was pretty good. Though, though even that I wouldn't say necessarily all ages. There's some weird dark stuff happening in that comic. But, um, nothing like the, nothing like the TV show, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, whew, that's a good show, but not for kids. Um, but, um, but, you know, it's like, why, why isn't that the attitude? You know, why isn't that, um, where where they're saying you know we should be doing this we should be aiming younger we should not be aiming older um, and creating material for the older readers we should allow the older readers to find things that is for them and keep aiming at the people who are going to be the future of you know this company or this 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 property you know if you yeah. want to keep if you want to keep making Spider Man comics into you know two thousand two hundred and eighty five or whatever you know. You can't keep making them for the same readers because guess what? Those readers are going to get old and they're going to die. And the kids are not going to want to read that anymore. <laughs> they're not going to want to read, you know, Peter Parker's nursing home stories. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not interesting and it's not even good. It's just not. You know, trying to trying to to adult up superhero comics is is not undoable, but it's not necessarily the best way to go in my, you know, not so humble and big loud mouthed opinion. Um, and it's, so it's, uh, it's something that's, I don't know. My friends and I talk about this a lot. We, you know, and then, and then we all silently agree, nod our heads and go back to doing whatever we're doing. But, um, you know, the, uh, so that's one of the reasons though, the flash is really, really great. Um, so it, you know, because it's got that sort of feel. And that's, uh, I look forward to seeing that. I hope it comes up on Netflix or something. Oh soon. man, it better. Gosh, they need to. If yeah, nothing, if nothing I, else, because of all the Arrow crossovers. Yeah, yeah, I gave Arrow a shot, and uh, we t- we did an episode on Arrow as well, and it's just uh, it came it gave me the real CW vibe. Now I hear that changes later on. Well, but uh, yes, yeah. and no. yes and no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very dark and brooding, from what I saw. It's, you know, the the small portion I saw, anyway. They've said they're going to lighten that up, and I think it's largely because they realize that the direction they're going with uh, Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Arrow will not fit in. It'll feel weird trying yeah. to make that in the same universe. And they're bring they're bringing uh, Constantine in as well. Yeah, I saw that. Although I I don't think it's supposed to be a direct crossover. It's just a, the actor playing the same character with the same name and the same job. Yeah, it's one of those kind of a wink and a nod things. Yeah, because that got that ended up getting canceled. I think I yeah. heard. I it wasn't one that I watched. It's not my cup of tea. Sa- yeah, same um, here. But uh, but. I did feel bad for fans because I guess you know they were really pulling for it, and the actor I guess really liked playing the character. So it was nice of them to make that that effort to kind of like, okay, well, you know, if nothing else, we can try to give him a little quick uh, quick nod on our show. 
you know, it's like you see the, the Disney movies or, you know, Disney slash Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like these are like huge, huge movies. I mean, they're constantly, you know, hitting the top 10 of all time when they come out and uh, in box office revenue, at least. And they're bright. They're poppy. They're fun. They're I mean, I wouldn't call them all ages, but they're PG-13 movies. Yeah, they're oh, they're mm-hmm. close. They're close. A couple of them. I mean, um I was gonna say Guardians of the Galaxy, but there are some, there are a few like kind of adult jokes in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But, but it's close. I mean, uh, there's a lot of kids who do like Guardians of the Galaxy, and you know, I mean, uh, you know, use your judgment. Uh, but um, you know, it's like, the, the, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, I would, I would probably let a kid see the first Captain America movie. You know, it's like it's oh it's, sure, it's really well done for that. You know, I mean. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say they're probably for, you know, if your if your kid has been, you know, well brought up enough, um, you could probably, you know, he can handle most of the Marvel movies, um, you know, and yeah, and that's the thing is that they are, they celebrate the fun, the, the fun adventurous parts of superheroism without wallowing in the, the, re, the quote unquote real world effects that would have it's like you know avengers comes the closest to that i think where they you know kind of have the bit at the end where you know there's people mourning over like the destroyed city that kind of thing but you didn't have the the gruesome like you know disaster porn that that you had in man of steel where you know you actually see like the whole dang city wiped out you know and and then you know uh, there boy that film um that well, there's elements of that. Again, there's there's elements of the the DC ones that it's like, gosh, I wish I could like this more. The TV stuff is doing the better job, I think, um, for their theatrical division. Yes. Um, but um, but yeah, it's it's their movies aren't my cup of tea. Um, it, it does it for some folks, I guess. I'm I'm glad for those people who are enjoying those. I guess. I mean, it's like okay, you get a superhero movie that's for you. I'm glad, you know. But yeah. um, it's just not for Matt. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That's you know the Marvel ones seem to seem to be kind of bright adventurey stuff. And that's you know, and again, so it's like the kind of you know that's the kind of comics I prefer to read too, for the most part. So it's like that's that's what I enjoy about those. You know, like I man, and I guess I wish they could do. Did you guys ever read any of the Batman animated series comics? A little bit, a little bit. In fact, I was just going through my basement and I found one. Yeah, oh, that's, see, uh, and I those forgot were, they made those. Yeah, and that, but and they were the perfect example. And I wish that series had continued basically like forever because the yeah. art, the art style was clean and um and on model all the time because they you know were going for the animation models. The yep. uh, the writing was mature without being quote unquote grim and gritty. And the uh, adventures were allowed to essentially stand alone and, and work. You know, I, I don't think adhering um, so strictly to continuity, like, and that's the other thing with comics, you know, they're like, well, they got to have, you know, we got to have references back to this thing that happened 50 dang years ago. It's like, oh, guys, come on. Just sort of let us, you know, <laughs> it's like there, there should be some minor continuity maybe, but let things, you know, Stay, let let it just be. Here's another day in the life of Batman or whatever. You know what I mean? And that's yep. and that would be the best thing. Um, and and you wouldn't have to worry about it so much. I mean, there. You know, you know, there's like a bunch of. Uh, I think it's I think Batman the animated series or Superman the animated series comics. I forget. But it was Mark Miller who wrote them. And oh Mark, really? Yeah. And yeah. Right. And Mark Miller. Huh. I can't stand that guy's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, 
this stuff is enjoyable and it's just like you know and you, that's the thing is like you when you have a little bit of constraint sometimes it, it actually almost brings out something better because it's like okay it forces you to do your best work within these guidelines of being able to reach a bigger audience and it's and it's a i think it's a better way to do things i mean i'm not saying it's the only way to do things because i you know i will admit i i do read some stuff that i would never ever 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 show to a kid ever you know um there's some there's you know like uh, the parker um adaptations by darwin cook are glorious comic books they're amazing so well done um but they're hard crime novels and they're oh, really? awful people doing awful things to each other and they're but they're superbly done and so but i would never ever give that to a kid um no 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 and uh, <laughs> yeah and um you know there's and there's other ones like that but I, and you know and it's so i think there's a place for you know comics for you know older readers and that kind of thing um but if we're talking stuff like superheroes which is naturally going to draw i think people who are younger you know, to these, these, you know, brightly colored dudes who run around in their underpants all day long, you know, making evil go away. I think you need to be able to have a broader reach and we're just not serving them that well here in, in the States. When, when you were just saying about art with and without constraints, all I could think of is art with constraints, Empire Strikes Back. Art without constraints, <laughs> Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh, poor George. Poor George. Oh, I, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I, I still, I like elements of that movie. I like elements of it. There, there, there definitely is a time though. I kind of wish, I, I wish someone had said to him, you know, kind of taken him aside and patted him on the back and said, okay, okay, George, let's, let's maybe dial this back a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some elements are gold and some elements are arsenic, you know, yeah. so it's just, uh, <laughs> well said. they're all well different. Said, yeah. Well said. Yeah, uh, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know the uh, um, uh, when you, when you and that you know when you get people who can tell you, you know, it's like that's why a lot of um, you know comic writers and, and artists um, they will say that they love working with an editor. Um, and you know, it's it's one of the it's one of the drawbacks of self publishing, um, like I do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask about that. That's yeah, that's uh, let's talk about that. That's great. Um, self publishing, there's a lot of freedom in that. It's nice because. For the most part, I doubt there'd be many publishers, you know, without some kind of built-in audience, who, if I took them, you know, cat beard and said, hey, I've got a story, an idea for a story about a pirate who has to deal with the fact that his beard is a cat, uh, <laughs> they would probably look, yeah, they'd laugh, but they'd look at me and they'd go, yeah, we don't have anybody to sell that to, that's weird. And... But by doing it myself, it's like I can do just whatever I want. And it's fun because I can do whatever I want. I mean, you know, I've got a storyline coming up in that comic where they have to enter a tournament led by two mad pirates who believe they are the reincarnations of Romulus and Remus. And so they make pirates <laughs> fight for their amusement in a big floating coliseum. And... And I was, it's just the best dang thing. It's like, I can do that <laughs> because I can do whatever I want. But I'm sure that if I had an editor who, if I was doing that story with them, I would, you know, could, you know, put forth my idea of the story and, and whatever script I had. And they'd be like, okay, now why don't you do this here and cut this part here because it would work, you know, not, not work so well with the character or whatever, you know, you had to be your own editor, which sometimes is hard. I actually had one of the earliest, actually, I think the first Catbeard story I wrote, the first long-form one, which was uh, 
uh, Isla Gallinas Repugnantes, which was the one where they went to a dinosaur island because dinosaurs. And, um, <laughs> oh man, anytime I can get to draw dinosaurs, oh, best day. But, um, they, uh, I, I actually was drawing the story and I realized as I was drawing it on the fly that an upcoming moment in the story made no sense for the character and I had to rewrite it on the fly and oh, thankfully wow. I was able to, you know, make the story still work. But I, you know, if I'd had an editor, I'm sure they would have pulled me aside and said, this character would not do that. That makes no sense. Why would they do that? And, you know, you've, you've established nothing about this character that says they would do X, you know? So, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and so that is one of the drawbacks. And it's what people talk about a lot when they talk about like self-published books on Amazon, that kind of thing, is that quality editors don't just, you know, sit there and tell you not to do things. They inform and they help the quality of your finished material. And it's the kind of thing that I would I would love someday. I mean, you know, as much as I love doing what I can for myself on my own, I love that. Uh, and I love that freedom. I would also love someday to work with a publisher and an editor and, you know, who would uh, work with me to create something amazing. And that would be great. That would be, you know, that would be fantastic. I would love that. You know, when you kind of think of these stories, do you kind of plot them out a little bit or is it just kind of like, well, what would they do next or what would they do next? Like, how does that, how does that process work for you? Uh, depends on the story. Um, the, the dinosaur Island one, it was a little easy cause it's like, okay, they're after this thing on the Island. Um, the, the overarching, the overarching story of Catbeard is that aside from just, you know, having the cat for beard, he, even before he had that, he was on the hunt for this legendary treasure, you know, this, you know, mm -hmm. treasure of treasures, you know, kind of a standard pirate thing. Um, and, uh, and so that there were 12, 13, gosh, uh, 13, I think I said 12 or 13 clues scattered throughout, you know, the, you know, you know, throughout the Caribbean, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and with, uh, the, 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 uh, cabin boys from this ship, uh, to where this, to, you know, for the, all these, and these clues were some, you know, hidden throughout the, <clears throat> throughout the oceans and the islands and et cetera. To wherever this treasure would be, and so he's on the hunt for one of these clues, and so he um, in that one because it kind of wrote itself as it went along. It was pretty easy to do because um, it was a kind of you know okay, what would they do next if they happened to be on an island full of dinosaurs? You know they would you know they would, they'd run into some, they'd have to fight them, they'd have to run, you know they'd do whatever, and so when they did that. Uh, that one was a little easier to do. Now, for the upcoming one that I'm doing, I'm actually having to do a lot more writing ahead of time because it's a, it's longer. B, it's um, it's because of enough things have happened now, and there's enough established character growth and continuity and that kind of thing. But um, so for that one, I, that one I had to do a little bit more writing um, because. Um, because of, you know, a little bit, it had to make a little bit more sense and that kind of thing. And enough stuff's happened. Um, you know, like some characters come back who have shown up before. Uh, it very much depends on the story, though. Um, like, uh, um, some, sometimes I have had stories where the, the dinosaur one came about solely because I was at work one day and I had an image in my head of Catbeard and crew running away from a T-Rex. And I was like, ooh, I would like to draw that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I was like, well, how do I get them onto a dinosaur island, you know? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, you know, the, the, uh, sometimes they do, a lot of my stories do come about because of a singular image. Um, the Coliseum one that's coming up came about solely because I was 
talking on the phone with a good friend of mine, and I forget we were, but we made some reference to the movie Gladiator. You know, you know, are you not entertained? You know, and and uh, and I I thought I told him I said, man, it's too bad I can't do like some kind of Gladiator story with Catbeard. I said, or could I? <laughs> and you know, suddenly, you know, and and uh, and then later I was listening to this song, uh, "Up the Wolves" by the Mountain Goats. And um, it deals with Romulus and Remus. And I was like, oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I could make the uh, crazy Coliseum pirates think that they're reincarnations. Yes, yes, good, yes. You know, write it down, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And so, um, so sometimes, you know, a lot of the times, the story builds itself around a kernel of a central idea. Um, just a thing that I want to draw, which is, which is nice for this kind of story for, for serialized adventure stuff. I think it's a little easier to get away with doing kind of a, almost whatever you want kind of deal. Um, if I were doing, if the, the very, I plan for the very last Catbeard book to be one long story. Um, it will be, you know, kind of like 120 odd pages, probably long. So Come that'll on. be, that'll be a big one. That one will require major writing. And uh, that'll be be the hardest one I do, because um, I plan on there being probably seven volumes of Cat Beer, um, and because so the la- the very last one will have to be, of course, about you know how he either eventually finds or doesn't find the you know the all time treasure, mm-hmm. and um, so that one um, will definitely require me to do to sit down and go, okay, you know, how does this all play out? Um, for the shorter stories, I could probably get away with like you know making up a page at a time or whatever. But for the most part, anymore, I do what I usually do is I say, okay, how many pages would I like this story to be? And so I write those number of pages down, like you know either in a word document or on paper or whatever. And I start saying, okay, page one, here's my opening. Page uh, fifty, whatever. Here's how they end. How do I get from point A to point B in 48 pages. And so I start plotting out, you know, each page. I write down, okay, this happens. This happens. I don't do script in that first. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, what happens now? What happens now? What happens now? Then as I go back, it's like, okay, then I can start adding in things like, you know, okay, now so-and-so says to this, so-and-so does this, you know, the beard does something funny, you know, whatever. That, you know, the little moments will come later. And sometimes even I'll, like, even as I'm drawing a page, I'll be like, you know what, this part could be a little bit better and I can tweak it a little bit. But um, for the most part anymore, I kind of go for that rough outline thing. Um, see, and again, that's the, one of the things that if I were working with an editor, they'd probably be like, okay, you pitched this to us at 120 pages or whatever. You know, here's mm-hmm. how you're going to make it 120. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're gonna, yeah you right, will, yeah. You will fit it to this. You know, you don't get your extra pages, you know, because that's, that's one of the things I can do, you know, as if I'm drawing it myself. And as you were saying, you know, if, if I were just like make it up as I go along, if I decide suddenly a page needs to be two pages, I can just do that. And I'm sure if I were working with an editor, they'd be like, nope, you just need to figure out how to make it that page. You know, it's like, or, yeah, yeah. or you need to cut the scene later or whatever, you know, it's like, or, or they could say, here's how you would make it like that. And so, um, but, uh, for the most part, my story stuff is these days more structured back at the beginning when I was first starting to write it less structured. But that, I mean, that's, that's just the process. I mean, you got to yeah. feel out. The way you're going to approach the uh, the story and everything, so that's completely understandable. Mm-hmm. And, and when I first started it, actually, it started as kind of a gag a day comic. I mean, the first few comics are single page, you know, setup, uh, setup punchline type things. Um, yeah. And 
it just sort of I, I forget how I got the idea to start doing stories. I think I think it was just because of that. It might have started just because of the whole I want to draw a cat beard on a dinosaur island. Well, now we <laughs> now we need to actually write a story around this. And then suddenly I was like, hmm, I like writing longer stories with this character. We might have to move it in that direction. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much how I approach my writing though these days. I have to know. Uh, tell us about the thing with uh, Will Wheaton. Like, oh, what, that, that what did funny. you do to uh, okay. make him laugh? That was shamelessness. Oh, yeah. um, so I was sitting next to uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick and uh, Valentine DeLandro, I believe is his last name. Um, very, very nice man. Super nice man at, at Rose City. Um, well, apparently Will Wheaton and Kelly Sue DeConnick must know each other pretty well or something like that because he just happened to come walking by my table. I'm like, oh, man, it was Will Wheaton. And he comes over to Kelly Sue DeConnick and I'm like, ah! Blah, 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 and hugs and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, that guy is pausing. I have an opportunity. <laughs> so <laughs> I had one of my free comic day comics and I was like, oh, hey, I was like, you know, as soon as he was done talking, I was like, Mr. Wheaton, you know? And so, um, actually a couple times cause he couldn't quite figure out where I was coming from at first because you know, he's Will Wheaton and there's noise all around him. But, um, sure. so, um, and you know, he came over and I was like, Hey, I met you at Emerald city a couple of years back in an elevator actually, you know, I thought you were really funny. And uh, I was like, I just wanted to say hi and give you a copy of my comic. And he's like, oh, thank you. And then he saw the you know cover and he just started laughing. He's like, oh, man, that's great. His cat's, his beard's a cat. And I was like, <laughs> well, I got to get a picture of that. So, so I took a quick picture of it. And I was like, so it was really, really nice of him. And so, and then he stopped for a minute and talked to Valentine and then he moved on. That's great. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Good moment. Um, I do have a, uh, when my kids found out that you were going to be on the podcast, they, uh, oh. came up with a few questions. That, oh, neat. Yes, please. That yeah. Wanted. That'd be great. That'd be so great. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. This is like all my, already my favorite part. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> how old are you? I am. <laughs> oh gosh. I am going to be 40 next year. Okay. Uh, do you like cats better than dogs? <sighs> That's a hard question. I guess kinda. I mean, I... I love dogs. Dogs are great. My parents had a dog, and I loved her, and she was a really cool dog, and um, she needed more exercise than she got, but she was a good good dog. I like cats because I, I think probably because I grew up with them more, and um, because I lead a lifestyle that unfortunately is just not very conducive to a dog, I would feel really bad about owning a dog and not, you know, taking it for runs all the time or playing fetch or whatever when my favorite things to do are draw and read and yeah. so which are both cat things you know because cats love laps and um <laughs> you know and so you know i can sit here and draw and my cat can sit next to me and i can pet him and or you know if i'm chilling out like you know reading a comic or watching tv you know he can hang out with me then but a dog would most dogs you know need more attention than that and so i as i love animals in general um, and if I could, I always actually, when I was a kid, wanted a German shepherd, but there's, their dogs, unfortunately, this sounds horrible and I don't mean it this way, but <laughs> dogs are a lot of work and I don't have the time to give to a dog the attention that it needs. And I would, I can't be that guy. I would, I could not be the guy who neglected his pet doing comics so much. I, I am more of a cat guy and, you know, and so I guess I have to say I like cats better, but it's that's a tough, tough question to answer for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next question is, what is your favorite type of pizza? Oh, sausage and mushroom. All right. That's an easy one. 
That's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, oh, what is your favorite video game? Which I think we, we already covered that one. Uh, all time? Oof, that's actually tougher. Um, oh, that's true. We were talking action yeah. games. Yeah. So. Wow, all time. I don't know. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I don't know what my all-time favorite video game is. Huh. No, I lied. It is the Secret of Monkey Island series, the first three. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fourth one's good, too. I don't yeah. know. I like them all, um, even though they're not as good. But the first the first two, especially, are really good. Really, really good. The Secret of Monkey Island series, I'll say that. All right. And the next question. Uh, Alaska is the largest state in the U.S. Oh, my uh, gosh. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Where is the going? area of Alaska is 656,426 square miles to the nearest 100,000 about how many square miles is the area of Alaska? Wait, what? say that again. It's all gone. I, I think they're just looking for help on their homework at this point. <laughs> uh, uh. I'm going to say it is 12. I don't know. <laughs> I can't math. Um, <laughs> that's why I draw things. Uh, what was the question again? Say it again. Okay. Uh, I'll just skim through here. Uh, okay, the area of Alaska is 656,426 square miles. Okay. Uh, round that to the nearest 100,000. So to the, so you'd be rounding up then, so it'd be 700,000? Yep. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. Jimmy <laughs> Christmas. I knew I knew there was going to be a weird one in there. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm 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 ready, and then I wasn't ready. <laughs> Man, those unboxing kids, I'll tell you, very I, tricky. Oh, I love that show, so much fun. <laughs> Any others? Uh, no, that was the last. That one. was the last one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they progressively got harder. It I, seems. Did yeah, they did actually? They genuinely did. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was amazing. So, yeah, I guess uh, pretty much the only thing left to say is, you know, my Kickstarter is still active and going. Um, We definitely would love uh, your listeners' support. And, uh, you know, if any any questions that aren't addressed in the Kickstarter, please let me know. Um, There's, because there's been some confusion on a couple of the the levels and how they work. But, um, yeah, just really looking to put out that fourth book and, uh, and reprint the first three so I can get it out to, you know, more people and... And, uh, I just, I just love being able to, you know, it's not, I'm not like, uh, I'm not like making my retirement on this comic. It's really as, as much as it is a way, you know, for me to like kind of semi support itself, but it's, it's, it's a way for me to, you know, be able to get it into people's hands, which is the thing I love more than anything. I just love it when someone wants to, you know, have a copy of that book and it's just a great thing for me. That's awesome. Well, that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, your favorite story of Catbeard the Pirate, whatever you got for us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Twitter at hittingplay. And uh, Matt, so how can people find you online? I can be found uh, at Facebook. Uh, I think I'm, uh, I'm, Matt, I'm Matt Nelson on Facebook and you can, uh, at the moment, my, my user icon is a little Funko guy. And, um, and then, uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Matt W. Nelson. Um, Tumblr is Matt W. Nelson. 
Um, Instagram is Matt W. Nelson. And uh, <laughs> there's uh, <laughs> mattnelsonart.com and catbeardthepirate.com. And on Topastic, I am also Matt W. Nelson. And when does the Kickstarter end? Kickstarter ends on October 14th. All right. So if you are listening to this and you have time, please uh, contribute to this. Uh, and if you are listening in the future and you are too late for the Kickstarter, uh, go go back and find some of these great comics to read. And uh, Kevin, you have anything you want to plug? Um, let's see. Uh, I will plug uh, onewallcinema.com. Uh, it's got links to all the stuff that I've been working on, uh, the Kids Unboxing Stuff series, um, iRiffs, uh, the Two Kyles on Craft Beer, which is my brother's uh, web show, um, and uh, a link to the Hitting Play podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I am on Twitter. My name there is at MC and Friends. You can find me there. I'm on Vine. I'm MC and Friends there as well. There I do little uh, flip page animations and little humorous things like that. You can follow me there. And also, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you do, please leave us a five-star review. It helps us out, and if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show, and we try to be creative with those. Uh, we are also on Stitcher for those that are using uh, Android devices, and we have just joined TuneIn Radio as well, so you can find us there. And uh, if you know somebody that uh, does not care for Apple, as I understand that's, that is sometimes the case, you can uh, recommend us on those platforms as well. Well, Matt, thank you very much for taking the time to join us, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to, to meet your goal. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, well, it was an absolute pleasure one way or the other. Thanks a lot. Well, we have been Matt, Kevin, and Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>